0: I think the Lord certainly has directed tonight as to the sermon. So, if you would turn in your Bibles to John sixteen thirty three, familiar passage. We'll also be turning to First Peter, chapter four. As we think about tonight, uh, the reaction to adversity. Can I say tonight that God's grace is enough, and everything that we face, and all of life's difficulties, and all of life's detours. Uh, God's grace is enough. Paul made that statement that when we're weak, he is strong. Uh, his grace is sufficient for every need. Adversity absolutely benefits the Christian. The, and when we're going through adversity, we don't recognize or think about that. But adversity does have its benefits. And so uh, tonight we just think about the reaction uh, to adversity as a Christian. John 16 Verse 33, familiar passage, Jesus speaking says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. I'm thankful for the peace that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just peace with God, but the peace of God that I can experience from day to day. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Uh, For most TV evangelists, this would uh, certainly uh, overturn much of their doctrine that they teach uh, on TV, uh, God never promised that that getting saved, that uh, in accepting Christ as your Savior, would excuse uh, us from adversity. And so, we we want to look at that tonight. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. Again, we thank you tonight for your Word. We thank you for the peace that we have through our Savior. We pray tonight that you would again remind us of the responsibility and. The way in which we should react in adversity, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name, Amen. Um, in athletics, you have a lot of different uh, reactions by athletes to adversity. Uh, some athletes, especially, by the way, a lot of the adversity in in uh, in basketball is really our basketball or any sport, is really doesn't really occur. They just act like it does. Yeah, it's called it's called the flop. And, and basketball players are, are notorious for it, and soccer players are worse at it. I've I, I watched YouTube. I've seen it. I don't watch soccer. I'd rather watch paint dry. But <laughs> when I see the highlights on YouTube, I'm making fun of the youth pastor. It's all good. Um, when you see the highlights, I'm going to get off of that. But adversity, you see all the athletes, and each athlete, most athletes have certain reactions to adversity when they face it during the whatever athletic event it is basketball football the reaction to adversity some cry um, anyway I have a issue no some cry and I, man I, we were out here last year for the first time we had a boy break his uh, it was his foot or his ankle I forget on our during a football game here on our our field and boy I felt for him I was right there at it I saw what happened Man, I, I could see the reaction to adversity there, crying. It was inevitable, he should be crying. <laughs> that hurt, right? Reaction sometimes to adversity for an athlete is getting mad. And they get mad at everybody and everything. Uh, I've seen players throw their helmets, uh, all sorts of other things. And uh, some athletes during adversity don't care. They really just don't, don't care because a lot of them don't care about the game. They're just there playing, they don't care. Some uh, in ath- athletes during adversity get pumped up. It actually has the opposite reaction to them. It, it, it energizes them, the adversity. Some athletes quit. A lot, a lot of that. Just quit. But can I just encourage families and young couples, don't let your children ever quit something they start. If they start, you know, if they want to play baseball, uh, they should play till the end, and they should, they should always finish what you start. Hey, can I get an amen? amen? We don't quit. We don't quit once we start. But not just the not just a baseball game, but I'm talking about you'd finish the season, you know. Okay. All right. Some athletes quit, some get loud, you know, some yell at others. Some make excuses. I mean, we could go on. Each one of you would have your own list as far as the reaction of an athlete to adversity. But can I remind you in life that suffering for the Christian and just as human beings is a common experience? We all suffer to various and certain degrees. And I love this statement. But a Christian's reaction should be uncommon. In other words, suffering is a common experience. But the reaction of a Christian should be uncommon. We as Christians, we as Christians, we're saved. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We have the Lord living within us. We ought to be very careful when we're going through adversity. Some Christians, when they go through adversity, blame God. And it's an excuse for them to get mad at God. But can I again remind you tonight that adversity was meant to draw us closer to God. It reminds us that we we are in need of Him, and that we can't go this life alone. Amen. That we that that our eventually our energy and our power runs out, and that we need Him, we need Him. Bad. Another familiar passage was found in First Peter chapter four. Again, if you've we've studied diversity many different times and grace. Look at first Peter chapter four and verse twelve. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice what? That's a paradox, isn't it? So I'm gonna go through it firstly, but I'm gonna rejoice. But rejoice insomuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproved for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. And I think specifically here is talking about your Christian testimony. And that when you suffer for your Christian testimony, you ought to rejoice in it. But the application also applies to all adversity. That any adversity that you experience, no doubt that God has allowed in your life, that you should count it a privilege and rejoice in that adversity. There's other verses. Look at verse 16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Verse 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. Listen to this. As unto a faithful creator. He is faithful. He's a faithful creator. The God of the universe is faithful. And... He, paul uh, Peter's just saying, we can trust him. We can trust him. And so the adversity that we face, we can trust him. If you face persecution, and I know we don't face persecution like they do in the Middle East. There are people tonight losing their life because they're Christians. There are people dying today who died today because they're Christians, simply because they're Christian. So we suffer very little as compared to many around the world. But, you know, to us, absolutely, it's suffering when some, when we Uh, face adversity because of our Christian testimony and when we try to live right and do right. Whether it's at school as they start school up this week or whether it's in the workplace and whether you have to step away from a job because of various uh, uh, immorality going on and all the things and you're being made fun of because you won't participate in immorality. In those adversities, our, our reaction should be uncommon. Again, we see here that we are promised... (laughs) <laughs> we are promised that we will suffer by Jesus himself, so we promise that we 'll suffer personally, and all of us i think would if we sat down we could we could draw out very various uh, ways in which we have suffered personally, whether it 's financially from time to time you know you you, you find out that your son needs uh, this amount of dental work, or you find out that uh, the bill is going to be this high, and you all of a sudden find yourself in a financial pinch, right. No, I don't think there's anyone here who hasn't experienced personal suffering in the air of finances. I don't think there's anyone here who is married who hasn't personally suffered adversity in the marriage as well. There has, there, there's going to be times in which the, the marriage is uh, you know, a, little, a little, uh, little tense. You know, things happen. Um, we're human beings. Uh, I'm not perfect. My wife's not perfect. She's as close as there can be, though. But she's next door, so let's talk. No, let's not talk about it. Um, So there's going to be times uh, and trials in the marriage and suffering and those things. Uh, Christ suffered the cross. And just like I said a while ago, those who are being martyred around the world for their stand for Christ in China and the Middle East and other places. Jesus died for us. He suffered the ultimate sacrifice for us. So comparatively speaking, our suffering is minimal. Our suffering is small. And then what promise of eternal life is not a promise of a carefree life or carefree living. The TV evangelists have it wrong. Some people, and I'm careful when I preached the gospel this morning, I didn't say that, that Jesus Christ, when he comes into your life, when he saves you, promises you a carefree life. I just don't use that. But a lot of, a lot of evangelists and preachers preach it that way. You have to be careful because he never promised that. He never promised that. He promised his presence. He promised his peace. Amen. Uh, John 16, Again, in me, uh, in me, you might have peace. We have peace through the Lord Jesus Christ. We, not an absence of suffering, but God's presence and God's peace through the struggle. Not an absence of the struggle, but peace through and strength and his presence through the struggle there for us promise to never fail us nor forsake us first thessalonians and chapter five we'll turn there first thessalonians chapter five it's somewhere in the new testament Verse 16, rejoice sometimes. It's not what it says. (laughs) Rejoice part of the time. No, it says rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing to always be in an attitude of prayer. In everything, give thanks. I want to ask a question tonight. Is that a command? I mean, is it stated as a command? It is, isn't it? In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There is nothing that comes into your life that God has not allowed to happen. You say, you mean me suffering financially that God allowed that to happen? Yes, even if you created it yourself. You know, we make stupid mistakes sometimes. And yes, I use the S word. I don't use it very often. Sometimes it needs to be used. Sometimes we make stupid decisions, right? Right? and but god allows those things into our life sometimes again everything that comes into our life every circumstance every adversity every deter in life everything that comes into our life god has allowed notice how i said that i didn't say that god did it i said god allowed it there is a difference the devil hates your guts He's the roaring lion seeking about, roaring about, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour you. He wants to destroy your life. God many times allows certain freedom, as we know from the book of Job, that God allows certain freedom for Satan to buffet you. Buffet me. He allows those things to happen. So when he says, This is the will of God concerning you, it is the will of God concerning you. Be thankful, he says, in everything. It's so hard to be thankful when things are not going right. We said this a couple of weeks ago. To ca- When things are not going right, it'd be a great time to sit down and count your blessings. Because the good far outweighs the bad. Let me point to myself when I say that. I'm three back at me, right? One at you, three back at me. One up in the air. <laughs> I, I find myself so many times dwelling on the negative. And we have to be absolutely uh, conscious that that is the devil trying to discourage you and trying to damage you and to take you out he wants to see you destroyed he wants to see your marriage destroyed he wants to see everything about you destroyed what should be reaction to suffering well first thessalonians says rejoice evermore and we see again in peter rejoicing and praise listen joy should be the reaction of suffering for the christian Again, not happiness. There's a difference. Happiness is based upon happenstance, what happens to us. Joy is that fruit of the Spirit that God gives to us. The inward uh, peace and contentment that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Joy should be the reaction of suffering. If we view our circumstances in view of the cross, remember remember, He who endured such contradiction for sinners. When you are facing difficulties, remember He who went to the cross for you. We must view our circumstances in light of the cross of Calvary. In troubling times, we must remember that he brought me here and that it is his will. Therefore, I will rest in it. In troubling times, we must know and remember that he loves me and will give me grace to behave as his child. Amen. People are watching us in adversity. A neighbor, a coworker, a family member. We are his children. Do we really trust him? The test is when we go through adversity. In troubling times, he will make, a, <laughs> he will make the trial a blessing. That's a tough one. In other words, he's, the, that trial is there to teach me lessons and grow. Again, we know that plants don't grow without rain. Plants don't grow without water, especially this time of the year. Right. If we're not careful, plants will start shriveling up. Leaves will start falling off. Even in the church's yard. Right. In his, must remember in troubling times. In his time, he will deliver me. Notice what it said. He, in his time, he will deliver me. How he knows, and I must trust him. In other words. He knows, I don't know, but I just trust him. I trust him during adversity. Everything that I face, every problem that I go through, I must face and I must trust him. Joy is a grace-induced response to suffering. What does that mean? It means that, the, that if we are to experience joy and suffering, it's something given to us by God. It doesn't come, it doesn't come naturally. The natural response to adversity is what I said the athletes were doing, right? But when you're saved and the grace of God's applied to your life, that's the grace that he gives to us, joy that we experience because of his grace. It may not happen the first day of the adversity, but the sooner it comes, the sooner we will heal spiritually. You want to get past the adversity? You want to get into the healing stage of the adversity? Then you need that grace that only God can give. The problem of adversity, adversity is not always caused by sin. And we cover this, every time we talk about adversity, we cover this. And it needs to be covered every time because it's still out, you know, if you just go out and talk to the typical person, uh, they will say, well, what goes around comes around, right? So you're experiencing bad because you did something bad. You don't think that's what people think? Karma, you know, that's the word now that mysticism has seeped into our uh, Eastern mysticism. Y'all know that word, right? So be careful about you. That It's not, not a Christian word. But that's the, that's the intent. They, they believe that as well. It, it, what goes around comes around and, and, uh, and so forth. And that if you're experiencing adversity in your life and you're experiencing difficulty in your life, that you must have done something over here to cause this to happen and there 's nothing wrong as a Christian that when adversity comes to your life that you that you should examine yourself because you do reap what you sow right uh, by the way that that uh, scripture doesn 't just apply to saved people that applies to lost people. you reap what you sow but i 'm thankful for the grace of God, and in that we find that the adversity we're facing isn't always because we're in sin or something has gone bad you know something's gone bad in our life because we've done something wrong no we know because of the miracle that jesus performed there at the temple uh, the, the the man who was lame there and the disciples asked well who sinned him or his mother or his dad or who and jesus said no he's he's that way before my glory so it may be that you're facing adversity and struggles for god's glory Maybe God has picked you out to experience that adversity in order that he might be glorified and he might be lifted up and that others may see God in a a greater way through your life and through the adversity that you're facing. God gives that grace in the time of need. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse 15 says, for all things are not for your sakes, That the abundant grace might, through thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. And I don't have time to go back and preach the entire chapter again. We've covered this chapter very much in depth in the past. But in verses 13 through 15, it's speaking of faith. That it's faith that we grow by. It is faith that raised up... uh, uh, By faith, we believe that Jesus Christ was raised up from the dead. And it's through faith, His grace, His abundant grace that we can have and have that grace of God redound for us, abound toward us. And we can experience thanksgiving in adversity. Look at verse 16. For which cause we faint not. You know, again, adversity. We don't faint. But though our outward man perish. Oh man, we could spend some time there. And y'all know we, we love this verse. Brother Stewart's taught this verse to us. Uh, yeah there's there's definitely body parts that hurt tonight, right? The outward man perisheth, but the inward man is renewed day by day. You know the inward man never grows old The inward man never by the way the inward man doesn't have to become weaker as as we age. the inward man can become stronger. And in order for the inward man to become stronger, it has to exercise faith. In order for faith to be built, adversity has to take place in your life. It, it's part of it. David faced the bear and the lion. You know the story. He faced the bear and the lion before he faced Goliath. That's a stepping stone of faith that grew David, uh, the king's faith. It's adversity that will grow our grace. It will grow our inward man. We can have a daily renewal every day. You can be renewed. I'm thankful that Christianity is based upon daily and not yearly. I don't have to wait till January first to have a New Year's resolution. And I know you make fun of me all the time about my diet, but I'm starting again tomorrow. I am absolutely starting again tomorrow. Would you pray for me? Oh. I, I, I can, you, you have the opportunity, I know, again, I've done that because it's funny, but listen, you can start over every day. And I'm not talking about no diet. I'm talking about as a Christian, you can have what happened yesterday and what you did yesterday and what you did last night. All of that can be forgiven. You can start afresh every day. If you didn't read your Bible this last week, pick it back up tomorrow. Well, I, you know, I've, I've stumbled and fell this year, and I read the first three or four months, and then I, you know, I didn't do it for a month. Well, pick it back up tomorrow. You can start over every day with the Lord. And you know what? Unlike us, he forgets. That to me boggles my mind. That God can forget. He forgives and forgets. We forgive, but we can't forget. God forgets. Whew, that's going to be interesting. To learn about God for all eternity. Lord, God, how does that happen? You can start over every day. The man is renewed day by day. As the day star, remember the verse, the day star rises in our hearts every day. We can experience that renewal. The grace of God, the empowering, peace and contentment and joy, even in adversity. Love the old song. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy. What's the next little blurb there? Tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Tried and true with thanksgiving. Romans speaks about being a living sacrifice for the Lord. May we, as a Christian, trust the Lord in, in adversity. And may our reaction be uncommon and not, and, and, and not have the natural reaction. Um, I am not talking about if you lose someone in death, we're not talking about crying at the death of someone. That is helpful in healing. There, there should be tears shed if, you, if, if, if someone in your family or a close loved one dies. So when I say that reaction to adversity shouldn't involve crying, I don't mean when something emotionally happens to you and adversity happens to you uh, that is deep-seated. Crying is not, is not uh, a sign of weakness. I, th- I was raised that way. And my, I, my dad, if he was here, we would talk about it. I remember, again, I've used this illustration a thousand times. I had a dog, a little chihuahua dog, that I paid for myself. I had asthma real bad when I was a kid. And the, the wise tale was that chihuahuas would help with asthma. I don't know where that went or how that came about to be, but so my dad, I paid $50 for Pablo, was the Chihuahua's name. What? Well, you got to have a Spanish name. Pablo. That dog slept with me. I mean, everything. That dog was everywhere with me. And then one day, one time during the, uh, something happened, and in our, in the, we, we lived out in the country, but in our neighborhood, someone killed a bunch of dogs. They poisoned them. And mine happened to be one of them. And I remember me and Dad going out to the backyard and digging the hole, and and Dad, you know, put the little dog down in the hole, and we covered it up. And I wasn't crying, you know. And, uh, you know, you know, and my dad looked at me and said, it's not wrong to cry. And he started crying, and I started crying. Pre- you know. Again, if you... I don't want to walk away from this message not being careful that crying is is a natural reaction to death and those things in our family. But deep-seated sorrow and bitterness is not. People always ask me, "Well, what how do I overcome you know the how do I overcome someone losing a loved one? How do I overcome those things? I always tell them, number one, time. Yep. Time heals all wounds. And then I tell them, if you are still mourning to the point of not getting out of bed, <laughs> and people do that, if, if, you're, if that's what's happening a few months later, especially a year later, then there, then there is a spiritual problem that needs to be addressed. As a Christian, that's a spiritual problem. And we must be careful. Be careful in those ways. I'm not saying you still don't miss them a year later. I'm just saying, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Adversity is common to everybody such as is common to man. And when we face adversity, any, any type of adversity, our reactions should be uncommon. I'm amazed. I'm still on the losing a loved one thing. I'm amazed uh, a high school, high school girl that I grew up with um, lost her husband several years ago. I don't remember now, maybe 15 years ago. They graduated from Bible, Baptist Bible College, went into the ministry, and he passed away. I don't remember exactly how or why, had a couple of children. A few, uh, maybe a year or two later, she married again. She's my age. And again, here a month ago or two, her husband died, a heart attack. She's 46 years old. I'm amazed at her strength. I'm amazed at her reaction to the death that has happened in in, in her life. And though on Facebook you can hear and see her reaction, it still amazes me, the strength that God has given her and the grace that God has given That's what I'm saying. And I promise you, even though it's social media and, and Facebook, she, she's not putting on airs. That is the grace of God in her life, empowering her, encouraging her, giving her contentment and peace as she overcomes, through the grace of God, uh, that in her life. Losing two husbands before the age of 46. I'm just saying our reaction should be uncommon. When people see us face adversity, it should be a witness to the glor- to glorify God. People should see there's something different about the way we act, react to adversity. Your co-workers should see a difference. So much so that you will find as you face adversity and you go through adversity and God applies that grace to you and others see that grace in your life, you will find co-workers, friends, neighbors coming to you in their adversity. And what an opportunity to give them the gospel. It's amazing how that happens may we be reminded that we can experience the grace of God every day and that adversities are common but we as Christians have an uncommon God and he will enable us empower us as we go through adversity let's all stand hymn 500 pass me not O gentle Savior after we pray Heavenly Father again Lord, what a blessing it is and a comfort it is in our heart to know that you have promised that uh, you are there with us and that that grace that you so richly gave us at salvation can be applied on a daily basis in in our circumstances. And Lord, may we trust you. Uh, May you help us in that. May you grow our faith. And uh, God, we just pray for those today, those here tonight, who may be facing adversity. Lord, may you give them joy and contentment. Uh, Through the trial. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlet.org.